Hey team, what you're about to hear is an edited and streamlined cut of our Dateline Date Night Live Green Room show. You can tune in Tuesdays at 8 on the Green Room app, and don't forget to check our Instagram for updates about programming and times. Enjoy! This podcast contains mature content and listener discretion is advised. Also, be advised, we are not medical professionals and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. It is a true emergency. Quick, run. Love aliens. Kayla, did you enjoy watching this Dateline episode? Did I enjoy watching this Dateline episode? Um, (laughs) Did I watch it twice? Was it two (laughs) hours long and I watched it twice? Good question. Yeah. Did you? And was it? um, I did and it was amazing. Great. I learned something about myself. <laughs> Please share. Which is that I watch Dateline the way other people watch sports. Were you yelling things? Yelling. Yes, yes. And it was like every turn. I was like, <gasps> no. Were you yelling like, so. that's not what a snake does. Because that's what I was yelling. Um, verbatim, I yelled that. <laughs> I was like, an anaconda is a constrictor. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, tonight we're going to be doing a rundown of the second most recent Dateline episode. Uh, we learned that Dateline is available for free on NBC's Peacock app, but you can't get the newest one without paying money. But we believe that Dateline is an inalienable right. Dateline is evergreen and <laughs> inalienable. It's an inalienable right. And so we decided to that for this show uh, and for future shows, we'll be doing the second most recent one. So if people want to watch... They can. Oh, I have one piece of business, which is happy Ides of March to all who celebrate. Uh, Don't forget to leave your daggers out for Brutus Claus. uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm... Let me pull up my notes. Your notes? Let me just say, this episode had me at hello. This was... It was a roller coaster from minute one. If you haven't seen the episode, it's about a reptile breeder who's killed. He raises like 500, 600 pound anacondas and sells them. He was apparently very big in the reptile scene, we learn. Um, he's found dead. The uh, teaser has some of my favorite tes- uh, editing ever because it's testimonials from people involved in the case that are like giving us an idea of what the case is about. And it's like friends and family. And then you have... A family friend saying, we were told it was a snake attack. And then you have the EMT, D. Wassman, saying, it didn't look like a snake attack at all to me. And then someone says, he was shot eight times. (laughs) They really hook you. They hook you with the snake attack. And then within the first 45 seconds of the episode, it's this guy going, well, he was shot eight times. And then you're like, what are we going to now watch? Ten minutes of them teasing the snake attack until we get we to the gonna, point. 
we're going to watch approximately 15 minutes of local police <laughs> trying to hunt down the snake murderer. Of local murderer. police body cam footage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Where none of them except for there was one cop who was like emotionally prepared to deal with the snake and the rest <laughs> of them were not happy no. about it. We we should definitely talk about this at some point, but yeah, just the like quotes from the body cam footage of the cops being like, "I'm gonna shoot it I if I see it." <laughs> Wait, I have a note about this though. It's my favorite thing. So in the beginning, we find out that like the cops were called by the wife of the deceased. He, he's laying on the ground. He like bled out. The cops show up. Someone says there's like a visible snake bite, and the cops determine instantly that it was a snake attack. That's, those are the words they use. And they cut to the first responder. And she's like, yeah, all the cops are country guys. And they were afraid of the snake. I wasn't afraid of snakes. They've all got their guns drawn, ready to blast the snake. And then this, this is a quote. I said, I was like, come on, guys. It's a 600-pound snake. You're going to see it coming. <laughs> I loved that part. I am... It's so big. It's such a big snake. Yeah, the snakes he has are so big, and they're constrictors. Yeah, they're not. There are no venomous snakes on the property, which is also. But okay, wait. This is going to bring up another point. There's so much snake lingo, like so much, like so many snake puns in this episode. I've never seen them lean so hard into a theme before. I love. It's it. called venom, first of all, which there's there's no venomous oh, snakes no, no, no. in the facility. Yeah, not only was it not a snake, it was couldn't have been a venomous snake. Right. Because they don't know how to operate handguns. Um, I do. I did pull a couple. Um, snake one, quotes? One snake pun that I um, choked. Do you want to say what it is? Um, we're not there yet in the story. I'll say it when okay, we get I'm, there. I'm going to just list a couple of my favorites. Something sinister slithered into <laughs> Ben Rennick's life. But just what? Deputies couldn't be sure. <laughs> And then another one is, um, they say that the that his loved ones were rattled by the news. All right, do you want me? And to I was give, like, come do on. Do you want me to give mine, or do you want to wait? Yeah, give, well, unless there's a spoiler in it. No, we already spoiled the spoiler. Okay, mine is. If it wasn't a cold-blooded snake, who was cold-hearted enough to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun, you it's, guys. Um, it's an extra long episode. It's like two hours long. <laughs> so yeah, they say that they saw a snake bite on his body. The person who dies is named Ben Rennick. And we learned that he was like a big reptile breeder in the reptile scene. Um, deputies thought there was a snake bite on his arm. I'm not a herpetologist, but I don't think that bullet wounds come from snakes. Uh, don't be too sure. He was breeding like new kinds of snakes. Yeah, that's a good point. Then we have to talk about the absolutely insane, unhinged interview that Andrea Canning has with the actual, like, other snake expert. Um, what's her name? I didn't write oh, it down. Oh, Megan Kelly? Megan Kelly. One of my notes is, what a huge bummer to be named Megan Kelly right now. Yeah, it's bad timing for sure. Um, they, there's this interview where Andrea Canning, who is like the blonde woman from Dateline, who's, it's her episode. 
and she's interviewing Megan Kelly and asking her like about snakes. And because the story editors have done this insane thing where they set us up to believe that it was a snake in the first act, she has to say things like, if it was a snake, how would it kill someone? This is my favorite like, part of the episode. But so what happens is she's standing there holding a python and the python, well, I, let's just say the python is holding her. And I would say it's, it's a wrapped, tight embrace. It's a tight embrace. It's wrapped all around her arms. She's like immobile. It's wrapped around the back of her neck and then it's wrapped around her torso like a halter. And she says to the snake expert, how would a snake kill someone? Like ostensibly she's waiting for the snake expert to say not shooting someone. (laughs) And the snake lady says it would have to be by strangulation, by accident. It would have to get around your neck or your ribs and crush your lungs. While the snake is wrapped around her neck and rib cage. So brave. I mean, she literally looks like she's about to get like, I was like, oh, this show might have a snake murder in it. After I all, wrote, I am so impressed she wore that snake. <laughs> it was around her neck as the breeder was saying it would kill a person by being around their neck. And she was just, ho- yes. it was, she was chill. She was doing such a good, she was leaning back very yeah, hard. She also, you could see she had like her hand between her neck and the snake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, uh snake expert is like you just have to know how to handle them as she's trying to like pry yeah, the snake off of her both trying not to panic yeah. and like <laughs> snake mom is like slowly like reeling the snake back her way she had it it was around her arm and like but this it this snake was like ropey like it was like the size of a yeah. thigh and i was like yeah i would love that because yeah. i i love a snake but it was danger. It was danger. Will it was Robinson. mild danger. Will Robinson. All right. Um. Next, we find out that Ben's wife, Lindley, who is painted in the beginning as being very loving, they loved each other very much. They were like perfect for each other. We find out that she was at work that day at the spa that she owns that she had Ben like help her open. And she says that she got a call that Ben had not picked up the kids from school. So she called him a few times. He didn't pick up. And then she says she basically came home kind of concerned because he's never not picked up the kids before. And she says she found him like basically dead on the floor and that there was blood everywhere. So she called Ben's brother, Sam, who lives on the property in another building. They have like a family farm with like a couple of houses on it. So she calls Sam. Sam makes it to the, the facility where they keep the snakes on their property before the police even get there. And then she calls 911. When I tell you of all the, ep- the of all the sentences in this episode that I was not emotionally prepared for, coming in at number one is this sentence. Former NFL linebacker Chad Brown is a successful reptile breeder and owner of a reptile shipping company. And I was like, how did we get here? What's happening? A close second is a sentence that he says in this interview, which is everyone in the snake industry seemed to admire. Oh, no, he doesn't say it. Uh, It's after he says basically that everyone loved like Lindley and Ben and she would like go on the road with him to reptile shows and stuff. And then Andrea, I think narrating, if I remember correctly, says everyone in the snake industry seemed to admire the couple's obvious synergy. (laughs) And I was like, the the sentences coming out of this episode, like, should we get t-shirts? I'm losing my mind. I would love Venom merch. 
listen, it's the best episode, it's, like, ever. It's far and away. It's a very good episode for us to start Dateline date night out with because, like, the baseline is going to be <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yeah, so. that's fair. We'll do a Keith Mor- Morrison episode when we have one, but Keith Morrison is amazing because he says things – he knows how to make a sound bite. Oh, yeah. So someone will say something like, like – uh like we thought a snake killed them and then he'll be like a snake that was also a terrorist and you're like well keith that's not exactly what they said they'd love to play the game where they like they lean into the snake thing so hard when i would argue that um the snakes are the least interesting part like maybe not even part of it What's also funny is they do the same thing on this show that Ancient Aliens does, which is that they, like, ask rhetorical questions to which the answer's always no. So they'll be like, when Ancient Aliens will be like, is it possible that Ancient Aliens built the pyramids? It's like, no. And Dateline will be like, was it possible that a snake learned how to use a gun to execute this hit put on him by the government? And you're like, no. I don't know, was it? And then, like, the next act is, like, Sam had a different idea. And it's like, okay, well, I guess the snake didn't learn to use a gun for this one. And I wish we could live in the fantasy land of, like, shock doc sound bites. But unfortunately, (laughs) we're in reality. So the next thing that happens is we find out that information that Lindley had opened the spa she owns with Ben's help and his financial support because he was making, like, all the money with his reptile business. Then we find out from an interview that Lindley gives to the police that Ben and his brother Sam have been fighting over the family farm. I have a note. Yes. Um, one of my favorite things is that they will put prompts. <gasps> I have a note about in this In the bottom too. right-hand corner of the screen. Yes. This is the first one that I noticed, and it was... They're interviewing Lindley about her dead husband. And in the bottom right corner of the screen, it says, have you ever opened your own business? And then it has like, <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a Twitter app. It's like tweet at NBC. Yeah. And consistently through the whole episode, they have the most inappropriate. It's my favorite. They'll be like, she'll be, she'll be like, yeah, him and his brother, Sam, were fighting over the family property. And then the the little like bird will pop up and it'll say, would you kill your brother over a property dispute? Let us know on Twitter with hashtag fratricide at Dateline, at Dateline NBC. I have another one, which is that, so they start talking about their like feud over the farm. And in the bottom corner, it said, do you have a lot in common with your siblings? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever committed fratricide? (laughs) Tell us about the saddest day in your life. Yeah, it literally is. It's like, do you have intergenerational family trauma? (laughs) Tweet hashtag trauma fam at Dateline NBC. (laughs) Um... It's really great. So then, yeah, then we find out that on the body cam footage, allegedly, although I never actually heard it, they keep cutting to the footage, but like they say that on the morning of the, or the day of the murder, that when Sam showed up, he was like acting weird and saying like, yeah, I'm the brother murderer. Yeah, they don't have footage of that. But there's no footage of that. Mm -hmm. There is footage of him saying that he's cheap and he wouldn't hire help and that that's like probably how a snake got him. Yeah. So then they interview Sam. And the brother. And they're like, did you have anything to do with your brother's death? And he's like, no. 
And they're like, would you be willing to submit to a gunshot residue test? And he's like, yeah, anything you want, it's yours. DNA, you can have anything. I want to cooperate. And they're like, would you be willing to turn over your phone? And he's like, for how long? I wrote a note about this. <laughs> Which looks super shady. No. But then he's, they're like, a day. And he's like, yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. You because, OK, I wrote, I would do anything to help with an investigation, but I don't think I could give up my phone even for a whole day. <laughs> What if he had a green room show to do? What? I mean, my phone is my job. He might have obligations. My phone is my job. Like, what am I going to walk around my iPad? Absolutely not. If the if <laughs> if you got murdered and everyone thought yeah. it was me. You wouldn't give them your and phone? And they were like, can we have your phone for a whole day? I would be like, you can have it for two hours. And I need yeah, constant internet access. That's fair. Unless they could okay. provide me with, like... I wonder if I could, a like, upload it to the cloud so they could see everything that was happening, but, like, still keep it on me. Why wouldn't you just give them your phone? Oh, wait. Yeah, I see the problem. I don't know. I don't know if I could. But it just made me laugh because he's, like, trying very hard to very graciously, like, say he'll do anything. And then it, when they go, it literally, it's almost like they're, like, can we have your phone? And he's, like, the what now? <laughs> Excuse me, what? Like, so, sorry, what? <laughs> He does give them the phone. Um, we learn that Sam from we learn from Sam that he and his brother weren't close. That but they definitely weren't fighting over the land. He says because they already had an agreement about the division of the land from their parents. So there was like nothing to argue about. It just was like a, a bad situation. But I they weren't like fighting over who got the land. I don't fully understand this, and maybe I'll wait till later. To, I'll wait till later. Never mind. Okay. Is it about what was going on with the property? Because it's confusing. Yes. I don't understand this. The way I understand it is that, okay, so also for the listeners, we find out at some point that their parents died and uh, they left them the family farm. But I think what happened is they left the farm in Ben's name and they left all their other assets in Sam's name. But the farm wasn't paid off. So Ben has to give, sorry, Sam has to give Ben money from the trust to pay off the farm. Okay. And they're both living on the farm, but the farm is a money pit. And Sam's like, I'm spending more than I make to pay the mortgage on this farm. I did not understand Like, we should it. sell it. I thought that they shared that they both had, like, owned the farm. And Sam was just, like, or Ben was just, like, making Sam pay rent for no reason. No. Okay. I was really confused. I don't think so. But but also Ben made a lot of money, but then he spent a lot of it opening Lindley's business and mm -hmm. stuff. So I don't know what the situation was. I think it's like maybe they shared responsibility for the mortgage and Ben was having to borrow, or Sam was having to borrow money from the trust. I know. And it gets worse later and I my understanding of it gets worse later. But for now, I'll say I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> a venomous proposition confused the viewers um okay meanwhile since ben's death lindley has moved out of the house which honestly don't blame her like if my husband was murdered at our house i would probably want to move too also if my house was full of snakes i would already want to but move. she liked the snakes remember they had i know couple synergy Right. Well, for sure. But it's, but also if your whole life with your husband is snakes and then he dies and you're just alone with the snakes, I don't know. It would make me sad. I don't That's know if I'd want to be around them. He like, it's not your snakes also. No. And they're like his, they were like his children. Like he took them so seriously. Yeah. Like she was really them. supportive, but it wasn't her right. deal. I right. Get it. 
I also don't think I wrote this anywhere, but they have, Lindley has a child from a previous relationship and then she and Ben have a child together. So that's also important to know. So meanwhile, Lindley has moved out. She's staying with her dad. And during that time, Ben's snake colleague comes to take care of the snakes. And this is David. <laughs> we love David. We love David. David. He looks exactly like you'd expect him to David look. has um, what I would describe as Elizabeth Holm eyes. Yes. Where they're just like so, oh, they're open. So far out of his they're head. They're open more than eyes should be. <laughs> like, you know how if you like look at my it's eyeballs. so he can have peripheral vision to protect himself it's from like snakes. It's like snake protection eyes. You can see, <laughs> you can see the whites of his eyes above his iris. Yeah. He's great. And he has a long beard, which I love. He's very like, he's a snake guy. If I saw that man on the street. I would say, hey, are you a snake guy? Are you a reptiles guy? <laughs> if you had to guess, yeah. Like, if you put him in a lineup and you were like, which one's the snake yeah. guy? I would be like, that's David. He's the snake guy. So while he's taking care of the snakes, he finds a shell casing in the basement. And he sends it to the police. And he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm excited because now I think maybe this is going to move the investigation forward. They Spoiler know alert. that he's been <laughs> shot, right? <laughs> Yes, because the coroner at the eventually was like, hmm, gross, <laughs> blood. And they were like, it's great, though, because the, um, I think whoever's narrating, I don't remember if it's Andrea or if it's Lester at this point, but uh, one of them says, basically, like, the sentiment is, in the chaos of the crime scene, the deputies somehow managed to miss the eight bullets. <laughs> So yeah, at this point, the coroner has determined that he's been shot, and everyone knows he's been shot, but no one knows who did it. Okay. So David finds a shell casing, and he sends it to the police for analysis. Spoiler alert, uh, also drink for police incompetence. Does anything ever, am I wrong, does anything ever happen with that? Does it come back later? Because I think if it does, the shell casing, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Here's the thing about this episode. There's no, they don't touch on the forensics There's no forensics all. going on. There's no evidence. There, there must have been, but like there's not even like mention of like the bullet Testing. matched this gun. Like No, yeah. The only thing they say is that they do a gunshot residue test, but they don't even like try to figure out what gun it was or who has a gun. Like they no, don't. I feel weird. like that maybe could have gotten them really far early on. <laughs> This is where I'm not sure if it's Dateline or the cops. And, like, sadly, I feel like it might have been the cops, but it could have been Dateline. They just didn't touch on it. I want to say it's Dateline because they did lean into the snake narrative so aggressively that they may not even have had time to include the forensics. Like, maybe it was just cut for time. But if you tell me it was the cops, I would not be surprised. Why even bring – why even make David recount the trauma of finding the shell casing, though, if we're never going to bring that back? It's like Chekhov's shell casing, but, like, the reverse of that. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. I don't get it. So, yeah, as far as I'm aware, the shell casing never comes back. But then David, the snake colleague, in the course of taking care of the snakes, becomes aware that Lindley is dating someone else. She's dating someone named Brandon Blackwell – David says that he seemed like a nice guy, that he was very cordial. Um, But then, like, a little more than a year after Ben's death, Lindley comes by and tells him that she's pregnant. 
with Brandon's baby. And Andrea Canning is like, did that seem a little premature to you? <laughs> and David's yeah. like, it was a surprise. <laughs> no, he he's so, David like knows he's on TV. So he's like, Brandon seemed like a nice guy. He was always very cordial. And she's like, does that seem premature? And he's like, it was a surprise. <laughs> we love David. So that we do. Is David the hero of this story? Yes, 100%. So then according to Sam, Lindley sells the farm without even telling Ben's brother, Sam, or his wife. And then they allegedly get a 30-day notice that's just like, you have to move. I sold the farm. And then David is like, and she, by the way, again, David does not get kerfuffled for anything until it comes to the snakes, at which point he says, and she tried to sell Ben's prized anacondas without talking to me. I would be furious. I would He'd too. He's been taking care of them for free for yeah. a year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's, like, trying to sell them without giving him any of the profit or even letting him know. By the way, for reference, yeah, because what if he's the f- friends with them? The snakes? Yeah. Like, if I wanted to sell my pet, I'd be like, what are you doing? That's my pet. But also, just for reference, so everyone knows, some of these snakes went for, like, $100,000 each because they were, like, rare. He, like, bre- he bred new kinds of... Yeah, snakes with guns. Snakes. Snakes with guns. Snakes yes. that spit bullets. But they did, um, they value, he valued his business at like $1.2 million or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's worth, I mean, the snakes were worth a lot of money. So Lindley was trying to sell them. She tried to sell them to Megan Kelly, but Megan Kelly was like, I think texted or called David and was like WTF. And David was like, just go with, go along with it and see what happens. Like, I want to know what, what happens. Um, I love that there was like this snake subterfuge happening. I love it. In the snake community. One of my favorite things is learning about the inner workings of a community I've never even been close to. I do, too. Like, I love, like, a King of Kong documentary. Yes. Like, I would love, like, a snake yeah, snake fit world documentary. There is a new one on Peacock about, like, a guy who, like, in real time confessed to murder to his I saw MMO an ad friends. for that during Dateline. Yeah. I want to watch that so bad. We should watch that. As someone who spent a significant amount of time in World of Warcraft, I can't imagine. There's too much, go- first of all, too much going on on the screen. Yeah. For you to then be confessing to murder. <laughs> yes. That's all. There's too much. Oh, it's overstimulating, to say the least. Yeah. But I want to watch it, so maybe we'll do a live about it. Oh, that'd be fun. So at this point in the story, there's no movement on Ben's case, apparently. Um, but we find out that Lindley was afraid of her boyfriend, Brandon. And her dad says that Brandon threatened him and was like, I'm going to kick your butt. But he didn't say that word. Thank you for making (laughs) that family friendly. You're welcome. Uh, and also he allegedly like assaulted her and wouldn't let her leave because she was trying to like leave the house. And so she got an order of protection against him. According to Lindley's lawyer, Brandon was texting her like 150 times a day. Um, She said that his own mom started texting Lindley and being like, get out. Like, he's coming to your house. He's on his way. He's in your backyard. Like, get out. So he goes to jail for felony stalking. At this point, the police are like, hmm, I have an idea. (laughs) The first one, all investigation. The first one of the whole investigation. So proud. 
And they're like, you know, in the beginning, like, Brandon probably wouldn't have told us anything about Ben's murder. But now that he and Lindley are on the outs, we should ask him if he knows anything. And boy, did he know anything. Boy, howdy, did he have a lot to say. At this point, there's an act break and we get a commercial. I get a commercial for TJ Maxx. And that commercial goes, uh, who do you think you are? Oh, yeah, you're you. And TJ Maxx is where you can afford to be you to the max. Only, that's not what they say, because they're throwing up the words on the screen in pieces. So it goes, who do you think you are? Oh, yeah, you're you. And TJ Maxx is where you can afford to be. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do a new screen and it says you. And I'm like, no, you can't. You already insulted me. You pulled your thing out. Can people hear me? Yeah, there you go. What did I pull, do you think? I don't know. I think oh, everything Molly fine. Jones says yes. Okay, great. Great. I know you're not used <laughs> to wired headphones. I'm really not. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. M- Maggie, I don't think kerfuffled can be used as a transitive verb, but it's our show and we do as we please. <laughs> um, oh my God. these You guys, you guys are so funny. I feel like you should all have a show. I love reading the chat. Um, love the Arthur gif. Wow. This is great, you guys. Okay. So, (laughs) sorry, I got really derailed by TJ Maxx. (laughs) I have been getting the ads that are like New York Times, like, we tell you what this person is reading and you tell us if you absolutely hate them or not. And there's one of this girl who I just was like, I'm sure there's nothing wrong with you, but we would not get along. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I love it. So at this point, Brandon agrees to speak with investigators. And he says that he he kept, in, in his story, he says, yeah, he kept asking Lindley about Ben's death. And she wouldn't talk about it until one day they were in a cabin on vacation, which is clearly the best time and place to confess to an alleged murder. It's certainly the most dramatic setting in which to do it. Right. He says that she puts their phones in another room because she's paranoid. Although TBH, I... People know this about me. When I, like, am talking about something that's supposed to be a secret, I check my phone 150 million times because I'm always convinced that I'm butt-dialing the specific person it's about. I know people who will, like, if they're talking specifically, I know there is one person in my life who, when talking about conspiracy theories, will cover... (laughs) (laughs) The phone? The phone. And whisper. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, and one day listening. I think they're going to be proven right. <laughs> no, wait, listen. They're listening. It happens all the time. Like, I was talking to someone at my job. I was like, where'd you get your jeans? She was like, Madewell. I was like, I love Madewell, but like, I never shopped there. And then I got a Madewell uh, suggestion from Google. Horrible. Like, there's no way that that's not a thing. I wasn't even Googling it. <laughs> they're listening. I'm just saying. Okay. So... According to, so anyway, for, so this is the point in the story where I'm on her side for one minute, which is if you're going to confess to a horrible crime, just put the phone in the other room. (laughs) Also, 
it doesn't matter if any i don't think anyone like i don't think the advertisers care if you commit a murder but uh like there's also the thing where it's like so many people have accidentally like butt dialed someone and like confessed to a crime or whatever so she was probably right to do that yeah okay uh Yes. Then we find out from Brandon that she and Brandon didn't start dating after Ben died. They started dating before Ben died and that Lindley was cheating on Ben with Brandon and that Ben knew about it and was threatening to leave and take the kids. At this point, I gasped aloud. <laughs> do, you, is, do you have anything else to contribute or is that? No, I'm just along, I'm along for the ride for the third okay. time in two Great. days. <laughs> My memory is so bad. It's like (laughs) fresh. I also gasped. I also, it's like fresh and new. I also gasped. Um, And I just feel, okay, here's what I have to say about that. They leaned into the snake. Yeah. So hard. Uh, By the way, expert advice, don't lean into the snake. Lean away from the snake like Andrea Cannon. No, no. Because if you lean into the snake, it will strangle you. They want to give you kisses on your nose. Lethal kisses. Lethal kisses. But if the lethal kiss wasn't from a snake, who was cold-hearted enough to give them the lethal smooches? <laughs> Do you want a job? Am I hired? Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, can we negotiate my salary? No. I'm going to start over what you offered me. Okay. And we're just going to What do you think lower. you're worth? <laughs> Let's start there. Um, oh, wait, did you have something to say? Because I interrupted you. I'm okay. Here's what it is. I think that they did themselves a disservice leaning into the snake thing so aggressively when what they really had was like a very dramatic, very twisty, turny, like reality show. Love triangle. Yeah. If that, it was more of a rhombus. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome back to, uh, Maggie and Kayla's story structure critique corner (laughs) on today's episode. Why'd you lean into the snake? (laughs) That was a red herring. So we find out that, uh, or Brandon tells us that Lindley was like sucking money out of Ben for her business. Uh, He says that she was so worried that Ben would take the kids from her that she just decided to kill him. Which is a logical leap. And in the bottom corner, it was like, (laughs) have you ever talked finances with your spouse? (laughs) Hashtag uh, boss babe budget. Tweet at Dateline NBC. It's also, it's not at Dateline. It's at what's Andrea, Andrea, Andrea's person. Oh, it's just her? Yes. Oh, no. Did she, well, there's always she writes them. No, that's So she's just getting tweeted at all day? Yes. From, like, like the because the social media person was like, this old trend. Mm-hmm. No. no she's no. just getting things like, well, my brother and I are a little similar to Sam and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> we also went you, fishing as children. We're going to, next time when we do, like, an episode that's not two hours long and we, like, have more time, we should go through and read the tweets from the episode. I had that thought today. <laughs> I didn't do it, but next time I yeah. definitely will. If we, if we have time, we'll, we should see what un- crazy unhinged things people are tweeting at Dateline about what tactless, these episodes. <laughs> insensitive, unrelated things. Yes. 
So Brandon says that um, in order to kill Ben, Lindley convinced her ex-boyfriend to help her because he says the ex-boyfriend owed her a favor after getting her hooked on painkillers. Now, <laughs> I'm not... I'm not saying, maybe I don't know the rules of favors, but that doesn't seem like tit for tat to me. Does Like, I, you got, he got her hooked on painkillers, and so in exchange, he's going to kill her husband for free? Here's my analysis. I feel like this is, so Sam and Ben lived in a town of 2,800 people, mm-hmm. and Lindley seemed like... A little bit like Big Fish, Little Pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like she was the kind of girl, like, she was, like, 25% messy. And she mm-hmm. had a lot of side bangs. And mm-hmm. I just feel like she's the kind of girl who could, like, had a lot of exes that were still into her, whom yeah. she could manipulate if she needed totally. to. And she just strikes me as the kind of person who could be like, well, you got me addicted to painkillers, so you have to help me murder my husband. <laughs> and these dudes are You're like, so right. uh, okay, yeah, Lindley, I'll do anything for you. You're so right. It doesn't... And- no, you're right, and we'll get out. into this later, but he's not the only one, Mm-mm. apparently. So you might be right. So and then everyone Bryn- describe. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but... Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Don't worry. So Brandon tells the cops that the ex-boyfriend, whose name is Michael, picked her up, drove her to the farm, and then that she... He says basically that Michael got cold feet, so Lindley took the gun and went in there herself and shot him, quote, a bunch of times. <laughs> Apparently, Dateline now tells us that investigators had already been looking at Lindley. So they were like, yeah, that actually checks out. So they get a warrant and they arrest Lindley and Michael. Everyone who's team Lindley is like, Brandon's trying to get a deal because he's in jail for felony stalking. And he knows that if he cooperates, he'll get a reduced sentence. And he made up this lie to get Lindsay in trouble because he wants... Uh, her to go to jail so that he can get their kid, custody of their kid. Mm-hmm. And then they play a prison phone call from him where he's like, she's going to prison and that baby's going to be mine. Which is true. Whether or not he lied, either way, that's true. Yeah, you can be lying about the story and have that be your end goal. Like, that could be your mm-hmm. big want. Like, I want to be where the people are. I want to get out of jail and take my child from Lindley. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter <laughs> like that. The end want is the same whether or not you're yeah. lying. Right. So that phone call doesn't really prove anything to me. Like, no, it proves that, like, he sucks a little bit. But, like, other than that. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's not going into this with the right positivity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so her lawyer points out that in her order of protection, she specifically says that if Brandon goes to jail, that he's threatened her, he's going to tell the police she killed Ben to get custody which he probably did whether or not she really did do you know what i mean like once again that doesn't mean that lindley didn't do it yeah it just it just is a thing that happened yeah um there's definitely no bones about the fact that brandon definitely like is not the best guy but i don't necessarily know that he's lying he did say in his interview first of all the way he was sitting made me want to kick him in the face like, yes. he was so casual and, like, clearly felt so comfortable and so in the right. Yeah. And I was, I just wanted to be like, somebody is dead. You are abusing people. 
Yeah. So, like, even if you are telling the truth, like, you still aren't coming out of here, like, looking right. good. There's, there's no world in which Brandon is the hero of this no. story. Like, he most likely was abusive. And, mm-hmm. I like, he, you know, whatever. But also, at the same time, he's... The team Lindley basically at this point is saying Brandon made it all up. Yeah. So her lawyer basically says, I don't know why they bought that story. The cops, unsurprisingly, declined to comment. <laughs> then they Dateline were still drops. looking for the snake. Yeah, because they were still out looking for the snake. Um, the snake had an order of protection against Lindley, and it explicitly <laughs> said that if Ben turned up dead, that Lindley would try to blame it on the snake. Lindley, the first thing she told the cops was that a snake wouldn't do it. And the snake's cell phone did ping from the house. <laughs> um, then Dateline drops a bombshell on us, and they say that Lindley allegedly not only tried to kill Ben once, but twice. And, and Kayla gasped out I loud. I gasped out loud. <laughs> And this is where, this was like overtime in the college level championships for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, everyone's playing the Super Bowl for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> We're on the free throw line. Yeah. Two seconds on the clock. Tom Brady steps up to bat. <laughs> it's the tea time. are loaded. <laughs> It's the ninth inning, and it's the 18th hole. (laughs) It's a par 20. And they show us video from Lindley's trial where her spa employee, Ashley, becomes the star witness for the prosecution. I don't know where these people came from. This is, I tried to make a note about this (laughs) where, because they all of a sudden they were like, and also here's four other people who are key to this case. I know. I know. They didn't plant the seeds of any of this before now. No. They just go like, they literally, the, I think it's the narration goes, not once, but twice. Yes. And then it just cuts to courtroom footage. We don't even know that Lindley's been indicted at this point. Mm-hmm. She's just in the courtroom. And Ashley, her spa employee, is testifying. And she basically, her story is that Lindley told her that, well, first let me back up. The prosecutor says, you did attempt to help Lindley murder her husband. Is that true? And Ashley's like, I did, yes. <laughs> and we're like, what? Where? What? What's happening? And then Lindley tells the story, or sorry, Ashley tells the story that Lindley told Ashley that Ben was emotionally abusing her, and that he sexually assaulted her, and that she was scared to leave because he had the resources to take her kids away. So she basically asked her spa employee. To help her kill him. And she said yes. And then she's like, I regret it now. But I did say I would do it. And they're like, why did you do it? And she's like, I guess I felt bad for her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that the way we handle (laughs) our problems? This is what makes me just think, like, what was the interview process like at this spa? Oh, yeah. You know when they're like, can you name a time where you, like, problem solved effectively or whatever? Like... (laughs) When Ashley goes for her next job, is she going to be like, you'll never believe this? Listen, (laughs) I kind of feel like if I was interviewing people for a job and they were like, well, I did evade an attempted murder charge, I would be like, nice. Good to know. Yeah. 
Yeah, fair. <laughs> Special skills. Special skills. of justice. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft Excel. <laughs> One of those is a lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's not the instruction of justice. Yeah. So she, oh, by the way, okay, so so she says um, basically that Lindley's original plan was to poison Ben and that Lindley asked her, Lindley asked Ashley to get painkillers to poison him. And Ashley did do that. Why didn't she just go to Michael? Right? Uh, and Lindley allegedly mixed them into Ben's protein shake to try to poison him. But according to Ashley, he just got super sick and was like throwing up that night, but then he survived. And she was like, oh no, he's still alive. By the way, Ashley is testifying, telling this story like 20 feet from Lindley. <laughs> so Lindley is sitting there in court looking like Taylor Swift gone wrong, just staring at her. And Ashley's sitting there being like, she, I did obtain poison for her. She did try to poison her husband. It didn't work. Also, uh, for me, the most devastating part was the way Ashley was like, I I guess I just felt sorry for her <laughs> because it's like so, it's not from a place of compassion. It's from a no. place of like deep pity. Pity, yeah. And if I... It's so If I had so actually low. asked someone to help me murder my husband and they said yes, and then in court they were like, I... I, I just felt, felt really sorry for her. I would be like, absolutely not. Devastating. Devastating. Thank you for doing uh, yeah. it, but I'm not happy about why you did it. I want you to want no, to do sure. it. Exactly. Like, don't do it because you feel bad for me. Do it because you want to help me kill my husband. It was so brutal. It was. It is. Ugh. It's brutal in only a way that girls can be. It is. Where it it's is like messy, girl, petty, brutal. But and here's the thing too. Sorry for her? There's no there's no pretense about it because she clearly doesn't say that to like wound Lindley. She just genuinely is like, yeah, I just felt sorry for her. It's rough, dude. Rough. It's rough to watch. Whoa. So, I wrote the balls on this woman to try to help her kill a man and then testify against her in court. <laughs> <laughs> like a weird moral compass on this. Allegedly, one, allegedly, allegedly. So then she testifies that Lindley and Michael went to the farm to kill Ben. She says that Lindley left her phone at the spa on purpose to create an alibi, which is smart. Um, sorry, once again, for one minute, I'm like, okay, you nailed it. Um, and then uh, she went to the, Michael picked her up and took her to the farm. Wait, was she driving? No, yeah, Michael was driving. And while they were on their way to the farm, she had Ashley send Ben a Facebook message from Lindley's account that says, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to lay down. Like, can you pick up the kids? By the way, I know this was like in the early 2000s. If you ever get it a Facebook message from me. Oh, really? I know Why because I looked Facebook it up Messenger? because I was like, it's really, really strange that this married couple with two children are communicating via Facebook <laughs> Messenger. That's what I was just going to say. I was just going to say, if you ever get a message from my Facebook account, it's not me. Like, it's I've not been me. murdered or I'm coming to murder you. Because Lindley says throughout the whole episode, she's like, yeah, well, they were sending us messages. I sent him a message. Blah, blah. And I was like, why is she just not saying text? And the answer is because for it's, some mm -hmm. reason they were using Facebook Messenger. And I don't also, know why. Here's the totally insane thing. Lindley left her phone at the spot on purpose to provide an alibi. But then why wouldn't you just text him from the phone? Why would you send it from her Facebook account? And did she even use the phone no, to do that? No, I think it's because they communicated via Facebook Messenger. Like most I of the time? I think everybody in that group did. Because she Weird. also talks about 
other people quote sending messages and i think we're really hung up on this but i truly cannot fathom why any why i don't know i don't know i mean if you didn't have a lot of money i could see maybe like using facebook messenger like oh no that doesn't even make sense no, because you can use iMessage on wi-fi only yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. And also, they had a lot of money. And like, also, it's 2017. Use WhatsApp. Like, what are you doing? Right. There was a screenshot that did look like it was from WhatsApp. Or did I... Did I no, there's a screenshot that? that is Facebook Messenger, and there's yeah. previous messages on it. So, like, they had been using it to communicate. Yes. Like, I think... He's like, you got a package. I don't have yeah. an explanation, but I do have an exasperated sigh. <laughs> <laughs> So then, allegedly, Lindley comes back to the spa, and she asks Ashley to scrub her body and hands really well. And she says that originally she said Michael was the shooter, but later Lindley admitted that she did it herself because Michael got too nervous and didn't want to do it. Why did she need someone else to scrub her body? There are so many questions. Also, though, apparently it worked because when they tested her, she had no gunshot residue on her. She's just such a specific, based on the other people's stories and comparing them to her, she's such a very specific type of girl. Yeah. I've met a couple of them. And the, will you wash my hands and scrub my body is like classic them. Right. It does track psychologically. Yeah. Okay. So all of that has happened now. And... Like, we're kind of like, okay, so Ashley says all this stuff happened. Then another spa employee gets up and testifies that Lindley also told her that she and Michael were going to murder Ben. And I'm like, at this point, you could leave your phone at the spa, but you couldn't stop yourself from telling like six people that you were planning on murdering your husband. Yes, because I I feel like she does it in the moment Trying to elicit some kind of response. Right. And then Andrea Canning says what we're all thinking, which is she says to Sam, Ben's brother, in an interview, could these ladies have stopped this murder from happening? (laughs) And Sam says they could have. Anyone could have. (laughs) Anyone could have stopped this murder by calling 911, but they did not. It's true. Which is like, it just blew. I mean, yeah, it's upsetting it blows my mind. But it's like, yeah, Ashley and this other woman are like sitting on the stand testifying. And I'm like, wow, you guys actually knew that she was like premeditating this murder. Yeah. And, and at what point, I feel like if you know someone well enough, like, again, the type of person that this is, I have known. And if that person had come to me and said, I'm going to murder so and so, I would have been like, I believe you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. At this point, the prosecution calls Michael to the stand in another shocking turn of events. Kayla gasps. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I hadn't spoken to her in seven years. She showed up at my door. She asked me to help her murder him. Uh, But then she changed her mind and said, I'm just going to go confront him and I want you to come with me for support. Yeah. So according to Michael, he picks her up. But then the queen of the alibi... Uses her credit card to buy gas on the way to the farm. Once again, I mean, even Jody Arias thought about that and tried not to do it. Jody Arias overthought d- that one, but she definitely thought about it. But she, yeah, she, even she was like, don't use your gas card on the way to the murder. Yeah. 
And she only used her gas card on the way back because she went in the wrong direction for so many hours. Did I tell you I got stranded for 18 hours? Did I tell you? (laughs) So she uses her gas card on the way to the murder, despite leaving her phone for an alibi. Um, God. And then my favorite, my, another favorite is Andrea's narration. She goes, remarkably, she didn't offer anybody any money to help her with the murder. (laughs) That's remarkable to me. Also, I know. I'm like, point, how did you get all these people in on it without offering anything? Because anything? she's this kind of girl. Also, at yeah. this point in the bottom right corner of the screen, it's like, have you ever made any purchases on your credit card that you regret? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it does not say that. <laughs> so, guys, then Andrea says, and she was cheating, not only with Brandon, but with this man. And then they show us a man <laughs> in a puffer vest Double overtime, (laughs) double overtime, bases loaded, unbelievable reveal. This man, by the way, looks nothing like any of the three men we've seen who on who um, Lindley has dated at this point. He's like just a totally different. He looks like a very respectable man who apparently is the advertising guy for the spa. And the only, by the way, this doesn't come back. The only thing that happens is the prosecutor says something like, is it true you were like having relations with Lindley? And he's like, yes. And then that's his entire appearance for the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, his whole appearance is, and when did that start? And he goes, mm, December. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a polo and a puffer vest. And it's like, how is this? How did this man get roped into He's this? He's also, like, much older than everybody else involved. Yeah. Yeah. And all of her other boyfriends had, like, big beards and have this kind of, like, punk, like, thing about them. And he's, like, the most, like, preppy person in the whole story, probably. He is, like, he's, like, dad hot-ish. <laughs> I just don't. It was, like, really out of left field to use another sports metaphor. Like, he does look like he would wake the family up to go to the airport at like four when the flight's at seven. Yeah. Yeah. But in a nice way, he would have like pancakes ready. Or like we trust him. Yeah. yeah. Except I guess we don't because. Well, he, he didn't. They didn't ask him to an say extramarital anything. Affair. Well, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what he's like. So. Also, was it extramarital at this point? Yeah, because it was when Ben was alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. I don't know. So the defense attorneys are like, no, the witnesses were coerced. All of them had reasons to lie. And Andrea's like, all four of them who don't know each other? And they're like, yes. So then she says, uh, Lindley says, this is Lindley's version of events. She went to the farm to ask for a divorce. She says she brought Michael with her for support because Ben had become more controlling in the course of their relationship falling apart. And she was, like, concerned about what was going to happen. So she said she brought Michael along for support. And then when they got there, Michael randomly pulled out a gun and just started shooting Ben. And she says she ran out the door and was just, like, in shock. She also says that she didn't even think that Ben could be dead until she got a call from the kid's school and was like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe he got hurt when Michael shot him all those times. This is where she lost me. This she is where it starts to go completely off the rails. Off the rails. Why would you, it like, why would you 
hear a gun what i would have said is if i had to lie about this i would have said he i heard the gunshot i went up and looked and he was fine and i left without michael right which leaves the possibility that he shot him after she left one version of events is that uh michael killed ben and then threatened lindley not to tell anyone but she doesn't actually say that here. That comes out like in somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. To me, if that story is true, why wouldn't you have just told the cops that in the first place? Like when <laughs> they brought you in for questioning. Maggie. <laughs> she was trying to protect herself, obviously. Right. Also, um, it wasn't true. It's not true. Oh, right. It's, it's not, not true. true. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, we left. I was in shock and I just was like in denial. And then I didn't even think that Ben was dead until he didn't pick up the kids. And then I thought I better go check. And then I got there and he was dead. So Lindley unsurprisingly gets found guilty of second degree murder, not even first degree murder. So she gets a 16 year sentence, which Ben's family, Ben's brother, who's his only living family and their family friends are not happy about. Um, Lindley herself says that she's like, I don't know why people think I killed him out of everyone. I had the most to lose. So then Andrea Canning comes in to this interview with, with Lindley. We find out we're going to get an interview with Lindley, which is like, you know, in a Dateline episode, when you haven't seen someone the whole time, you know that they're either dead or in jail. So the fact that she like, they came out in like the fifth act yeah. with an interview. Was... I was fully anticipating her to be dead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So again, I thought she was in jail. Triple overtime. So, Andrea Canning comes into this interview, guns blazing, and she just goes, and this is another plot twist here. Why did you send him nude photos that day if you were planning to ask for a divorce? But then she does counter with, I don't have a good relationship. Go ahead. I think you have it written down, right? She says, I have a bad relationship with sex and my body, and that was my way of putting him in a good mood to make him happy. Which is fair. Andrea Canning says, how would that continue to make him happy if you were go- like if you were going there to ask for divorce? <clears throat> and Lindley says, it wouldn't continue to make him happy, but you've never tried to soften the blow. And she asks it in the... We- this is the point at which I feel like her brain came like unhinged from the back of her eyeballs because <clears throat> she goes into this weird voice where she goes... She's, ar- she's crying the entire interview. Um... Until Andrea Canning pushes her too far and you see, like, the anger come over her. Yeah. But we're not there yet. So she's crying. Andrea Canning is like, how would that continue to make him happy? And she goes, it wouldn't continue to make him happy, but you've never tried to soften the blow. And Andrea Canning says, not like that, no. (laughs) And Lily goes. I swear to God. She goes, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Drops the the tears, drops everything and just goes, okay. Okay. Now it's like they're going toe to toe. Is it? No, it's very Casey Anthony. Yes. Okay. It is. Okay. No, I don't. I guess I don't work at Universal. Yeah. And? (laughs) Okay, and? And? Can we leave? (laughs) Okay, so Andrea Canning is like, why did you bring Michael there if you thought that, like, if you were trying to keep it, you know, like, from blowing up? If you knew Michael and you knew that he was, like, volatile. And Lindley says that Ashley wanted someone to go with her to tell Ben she wanted a divorce because he'd been being controlling. And then when asked why Michael would then randomly shoot him, she says, I don't know. Someone told me maybe Michael was high and Bed said something cross to him. I don't know. 
am the you know what the most obvious lie about that is because he was still in love with me yeah why would you go for somebody told me maybe he was high he Why wouldn't you just say because, like, me. he was in love with me and he was jealous of Ben, like, and Ben he knew and that I. he had been treating me poorly. Right. And he was, like, in a ra- Yeah, there's a million more logical. Doing? Like, if you're going to lie, at least prepare for the interview, right? Truly. Andrea says, did you ask him why? Like, did you ask Michael why he shot Ben randomly? And she goes, no. <laughs> and Andrea says, seems like you'd want to know why he shot your husband or, like, if there was a reason. And then Lindley starts a sentence that she couldn't possibly have known where it was going. It is like a runaway train. And that train is the word salad express. Because she says, have you ever experienced any sort of trauma that just absolutely unearthed every part of the life that you have to where you don't know the ground that you stand on or the air that you breathe. And if anyone can tell me what she, like what that means, I mean, I understand the sentiment. It's like, have you ever had such a, a trauma that you just like couldn't it's, like have make your you brain ever work? experienced a trauma that shook the foundation of your life to it's like, it's not, but I think unearthed was meant as like, Shaking like, your like gr- pulling the ground the, you stand on. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's but it's so weird because she's doing it like through tears again, and it's and Andrea Canning sees right through it. So she's like, counterpoint, why didn't you call 911 then if you thought that he'd just been shot? Or why didn't you go check and make sure he was okay? Like, why didn't you go help him? And she says, I ran away, I heard gunshots and I ran away. I don't know anyone that runs toward gunshots. Which, like, okay, fair, but like if that's the love of your life and you think he's bleeding out, like you're not going to do something about it. Like you're not even, when you get to the spa, you're not going to call the police. Like when Michael leaves, the only thing is that they, she was according to her going to ask for a divorce. So it wasn't the love of her life. Sure. But yeah, but she keeps saying this was the most devastating thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. Like he was, I mean, everyone's like, she basically says that he was the love of her life, but she just like didn't want to be married to him anymore. Like, if she loved him that much, like, if you love someone, even if your relationship isn't working out, you don't let them bleed out. I mean, if you're in danger, that's different. But, like, you don't, yeah. like, you don't, you don't do anything. You just go back to work. I think we, And then you lie. We walk a fine line with this story of, like, I've seen a lot of instances in the episode of people judging how other people grieve. And then it's, like. Lindley over here being like you can't judge how other people grieve and it's like but is that the issue here or is the issue that you're lying it's tricky because yeah it's not really you're right and I don't want to get into territory of saying like she wasn't acting like a grieving widow or whatever people no, always but the say question is like it's but not the lies don't make sense no like there's yes. no logic to the story that's my problem the like, problem is that there's no logic to the story but she's pulling the you've never experienced trauma you don't yes, know right. how other people grieve card and if we can't yes. trust what she's saying then it kind yeah. of is like how do we not judge how you're grieving if you're grieving is also like could possibly be hundreds of thousands of lies yeah so we enter murky territory but she like 
lassoed us and pulled it into the murky territory. Like we didn't want to be there. I also feel like, okay, we could, all, we could all be wrong and Lindley could have nothing to do with it. But like four different people who don't know each other all testified that she tried to kill her husband. So then oh, when yeah. she says like, I loved him and I, it was devastating to me that he got shot randomly by a guy that I brought there. I'm just, I just don't fully buy the logic of the story. This is one of my questions when they brought Ashley in that I was wondering is, so they were saying her, Lindley's defense attorneys were like, she's lying. The cops told her that if she kept protecting Lindley, she would go to jail for her part in it. But if she didn't have a part in it, then what was she going to go, you know, like, right. She obviously there, if she didn't have like, she had a part in it. So that clearly there was already a crime. Yeah. Happening. Who Bono's in that situation? Yeah. Ashley Bono's for not, going to jail like the defense attorneys were right when they said everybody testified against Lindley because they were protecting themselves but that doesn't mean again that they were lying no it means that Lindley manipulated them all into killing a guy and then they had to protect themselves yes because she's a messy please wash my hands for me you got me addicted to painkillers kill my husband type of person right no judgment though a little bit (laughs) uh Lindley is still serving her sentence because she got 16 years. Um, Her kids with Ben are being raised by her father and all the charges against Brandon were dropped when she was convicted. So he was released for his felony stalking. That's scary. I still don't know. Yeah. I still don't know. Like Brandon says, obviously that he didn't do anything. I'm inclined to believe someone when they say that they're being assaulted or stalked, but also the truth is, like, I don't know. We never saw any forensic evidence of any of this. So it's interesting because, like, I believe that Brandon is capable of that. And it's weird because it's like, okay, so if Lindley's convicted, does that mean they released him on felony stalking? I guess, what's the logic behind that? Because now they, did they, did they just have to do that because he testified that was, like, his deal? Was that he was going to flip on her? I don't know. Because to me, it's like, if this guy is dangerous, why would you let him back out? Or is the implication that they think that she was lying? I think that might be it. I think he it's either that he made a deal or that... Because people are disinclined. People... Okay. Certain people in law enforcement are disinclined to believe survivors of abuse. So if some guy comes up and is like, first of all, I didn't do anything. And secondly, she, I'm going to solve this murder for you. Yeah. Then I can imagine that certain people who happen to be disinclined to believe survivors in the first place would then be like, oh, this is a double whammy, two for one. Yeah. We can, like, ignore an abuse charge and. (laughs) Right. Not that they ignored it. They did lock him up for it, which is, like, good work. But then. But we're going to let him go. But we're going to let him go. And he has a violent history. Like, he's a stalker. I don't know. Yeah. Not, Not a wise move, I don't feel. No. But I think it's also then, I guess, difficult for people to, like, exist in the duality of Lindley being an abuse victim and also a murderer. And also a murderer, yeah. Totally. Totally. If you don't even look at the forensics of a gun, maybe that's too much for your brain to handle. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because this entire case is circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Like, unless Dateline just didn't touch on that, and I can't imagine why they wouldn't, because it would be really easy to be like, the gun was registered to Michael. Like, it takes one line of exposition. But yeah. it just seems wild to me that the whole case is circumstantial. There's no There's evidence. no evidence except for which the gun-toting snake. Yeah, which but is the also... the snake had an assault rifle. 
Yeah, and her lawyers do say basically that there was no that it's like all hearsay basically. So bizarre. So maybe they're right. Maybe Lindley had nothing to do with it. Um Did this is the thing. Did they search Michael's house? Did they search the spa? Like did they subpoena other people's texts? Like I have no idea. I suspect that they did spend a little too much time focusing on the snake stuff and then they ran out <laughs> of time to talk about the actual investigation. I'm just going to look it up really quick and see if there's any information about this. I would love any information about this. This is interesting. This is from, here's an article from three days ago. Is it about the Dayline episode? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's called The Poisonous Wife, which again is like, guys, can we drop the snake thing just for a minute? If, okay, here's the thing. If If I get murdered and there's all these like audio puns and like microphone puns, like, it's annoying, I'm going to be right? mad. I'm more than my job. If they're like the podcaster had cast her last pod. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that they're going to say when we get murdered? What do you think they're going to say? Like Kayla and Maggie were friends from a young age. They no. found their passion for podcasting no, the, when they discovered that... The angle's going to be tr- the true crime investigators became a true crime. Like, oh, that's the angle, damn it. obviously. Damn. And then they're going to make a really good TV show about it. And Zendaya's <laughs> going to play me, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Are you out to her people yet? Do you want me to reach out? Um, I am her people. Okay, it seems like this article is just basically they've just taken transcripts from the Dateline episode. Yeah, I anything recent, anything in the last five days is going to be about the Dateline episode. I Googled it already. Also, everyone just basically says that, uh, or the thing that keeps coming up is just gunshot residue tests and that no one had gunshot residue on them. It seems to be the only tool at their disposal. Is it Oh, a little... here we go. Oh, okay, Wait. good. This says that Michael Humphrey admits that he provided the gun that Lindley used to shoot her husband. And he tells them where they can find it, which is in his girlfriend's mother's attic. And they didn't go? This says, with the murder weapon in hand, jurors in Lindley's upcoming trial would have to answer one unsolved, unresolved question. Who pulled the trigger? So does she have another trial coming up? I don't know. She's only got 16 years. When are they going to appeal that decision? The prosecution painted Lindley as cold-blooded as one of her husband's snakes. <laughs> they really leaned into that. Uh, Shaw says after the murder, Lindley returned to the spa, but not for a massage, but to wash away her sins. Um, yeah, so it sounds like they have the gun now, which makes it, I don't know, a little bit. They have uh, it now, or they had it then? This is from three days ago, so I don't know... I mean, it's talking in the future tense about her upcoming trial. It, ooh, okay. So we're going to do an update. I guess we're going to have to do an update. Oh, wait. In a, uh, wait, okay. So this is not in the Dateline episode, but this is transcript from one of the trials. The lawyer says, what am I holding up? And Michael Humphrey says, that's my gun. And Kevin, the lawyer says, that's what your gun is. And Michael says, yes. <laughs> I didn't read that wrong. It says, that's what your gun is. And he says, yes. Ooh. 
Um, yeah, so it seems like they have the gun and Dateline just didn't want to tell us about it. I'm telling you, I think they hitched their horse to the wrong <laughs> snake wagon. <laughs> and they leaned in too hard and then by the time they got to them, they were like, it's too late. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess there's a world where Michael shot him and he... I don't know. Is there a world where she went to ask for a divorce and then... Like, okay, let's just assume everything she says is true. Is there a world where Ben was controlling, she went there to ask for a divorce, he, like, did something physical to her, and then Michael shot him? Yeah, 100% I think there's a world where that happened. My but issue... why would everyone testify about her trying to murder Ben all the time? I was just going to say, the only hang-up that I have is the other people testifying that she told them she was doing this and had tried to do it before. And the only time they address the poison in the protein shake is her story is she also got sick from it. And the only time they address it in Dateline is she's in court and they're like, did you also get sick? And she's like, pulls the mic. She leans to the microphone. And she goes, yes. Yeah. And that's it. So the only hang up I have is um, the Ashley other people. and the other spa employee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, it like – I think her story makes sense outside of the context of her personality and how other people have. Yeah. Here's the other question. Why if, okay, but if let's just say everybody's lying, but we do have the Facebook message. So why would she message him and say, basically you have to pick up the kids. I'm going to lay down if she was going over there to ask him for a divorce. Well, she said, if you look at the screenshot, I don't know if this is a separate message or the same one they're talking about, but the screenshot is, he says, do you still need me? Like, can you get the kids or do you need me to? And she just says, I'm not going to be able to. I need you to do it. She doesn't say, in the screenshot, it doesn't say I'm going to lie down or whatever. Yeah. I think the implication was, I have to stay late at work. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how she describes it in her initial interview with the police. So... Dang, dude. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. There's something fishy here for me. Sorry, there's something snaky here for I me. I think what's snaky is that she killed her husband. <laughs> okay. Probably. If she didn't, she if she didn't, we've all done her then we've a all huge disservice. Her. Yes. Yeah. I do believe that she has experienced a lot of drama. I don't think yes. she's been treated well by men. I don't men doubt that at all. Really ever. Yes, I I'm agree. not inclined to believe that their relationship was as happy as everybody else was saying it was. Right. But I also am not inclined to believe that she didn't murder her husband. Right. I don't know. You know, as we say, we, we don't, don't know. know. <laughs> we, we don't know. I think we've done something really cool for ourselves, which is remove the burden of having to <laughs> decide. <laughs> Figure it out. Solve yeah. a mystery. Someone did tell me that it was um, it was a thought crime that we did not say what we thought happened on the Jean Benet Ramsey series. And I was oh, like, that kind <laughs> of is a thought crime a little bit. So but we don't know. We don't know. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed Dateline Date Night. We'll definitely be doing more of these. Um, we, As we said in the beginning, Dateline has episodes on peacock for free streaming but they don't let you have the newest one for free they only let you have the second newest one so as an act of 
uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, uh, we this believe is, that Dateline is an inalienable right. Yeah, and this so is anti-capitalist we, protest. Right. So as an act of <laughs> protest, we are only reviewing the most second most recent on a regular basis because it's free. So anyone can watch it if you want to watch uh, before we do Dateline Date Night. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our new episode is out. Planet Nine is out. So go listen to it. Mm-hmm. And we will be back on Green Room next Tuesday at 8. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Yeah. Programming to be determined. Check our Instagram for updates. And we'll see you guys here again. And we'll see you here again. Uh, buckle the buck up. We don't know. Stay in your lane. I mixed them up, but it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Because I want to do this. Snake smooches. Oh, I thought you were going to go smooches. I'm not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for thanks, that. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye, guys.